there are so many ways to gain the system to be able to call yourself a best-selling author that we have an unfortunate side effect. In my opinion, the unfortunate side effect here is I think that the idea of a best-selling book has lost a great deal of its gravitas. Write the world-changing book that will help grow your personal brand and your business as it makes the world a better place. Welcome to The Author's Corner, hosted by Robin Colucci. Every episode, we bring you some of the most successful authors, as well as other industry experts, to share some inspiration, motivation, tactical strategy, and fun. We'll also talk about the challenges and trends in the publishing industry. Don't get stuck in the idea phase. Join the Author's Corner today. Start writing the book you've dreamed about. Hello, and welcome to the Author's Corner. I'm your host, Robin Colucci, and today we are going to explore a question that I've come to realize puzzles quite a lot of people. And that question is, why does it seem that every author is a number one best-selling author. And, you know, when you think about it, right, I mean, how many times do you go, if you attend conferences or if you're part of any sort of professional group, even if you just go to your local chamber meetings, right, how many times have you heard somebody stand up and announce to the room that they just became a number one best-selling author, usually on Amazon? And you're looking at this person, you're thinking, wait, I know this person. This person is in my life. They have, you know, 300 friends on Facebook. They've never been on the news. They don't speak. How on earth did this person become a number one best-selling author? Because back in the day, to be considered a best-selling author, it actually meant that you had to sell quite a lot of books. And for reasons I'm about to explain, it doesn't necessarily mean that. So how many copies does a bestseller sell? Well, it depends on what list they're on. So if we're talking New York Times bestsellers list, you know, maybe that book sold anywhere from, you know, 20,000 copies or more in the first week that it was out. That's usually a good predictor. And even then, that book might not make it on the New York Times bestsellers list because it also can depend on where those sales came from. So the New York Times bestsellers list is, I think, probably still considered the premier list. And it's because it's the hardest to game. It's the hardest one to utilize methods where you can make it appear that you're selling more books than you actually are. And we will get into more details on that. So there are also other lists Publishers Weekly, LA Times, even the Wall Street Journal's list might be easier to make those lists. But even so, you're still going to have to sell, you know, maybe 3,000 copies the first week to make any of those lists. And of course, these are very, you know, these are just average expectation numbers. I'm not saying like this is a, a sure thing kind of number. So just want to make that clear. But when we look at Amazon, well, Amazon, their bestsellers list is set up in such a way that it's in real time and also 
if you've noticed, if you've really looked through Amazon and all the possible categories that books can be in, you can narrow down who your book is competing with so to such a pinpointed category that it's easy to be number one in multiple categories and not even have actually sold one copy of your book because you can also become a bestseller on Amazon by becoming part of the Kindle free program where people just download your book for free. So how do we know what a bestseller really is? And how do we know if what we're looking at when somebody says they have a best-selling book, how do we know if the book is actually a bona fide bestseller? And as you can tell by even the little bit that I've shared, it can be incredibly difficult to sift through that. And if you're not an industry professional and you don't understand all the inner workings of how every book sale is counted through the barcode on the back and the different ways that those barcodes are scanned either at a sale in an actual physical bookstore or an online sale, or there's actually a way that authors can, if they're selling books in bulk, or if they were so inclined to just want to purchase a lot of their own books and have those scanned through a service, authors can do that too. It's expensive. And if you're trying to do that with 5,000 copies of your book or more, it can get very expensive. But there are so many ways to gain the system to be able to call yourself a best-selling author that we have an unfortunate side effect. In my opinion, the unfortunate side effect here is I think that the idea of a best-selling book has lost a great deal of its gravitas because I think that many people, and I, and I believe one day most people, if not if this day hasn't come already, already know that there's got to be something wanky about everybody on the planet who's ever written a book apparently having some form of bestseller status. And that skepticism is warranted because, frankly, if I wanted to create a book that was authored by my pug Frida, with my assistance, of course, I would be the ghostwriter. But if I wanted to have Frida write a book and have it produced, I could put it up on Amazon. And for about $500, I could make Frida a number one Amazon bestseller in multiple categories within a few days. So listen, I don't think there's anything wrong with giving away copies of your book for free so that when you first release it, so that more people have a chance to read it. And maybe some of those people who read it really enjoy it and they tell their friends about it. And I think that's fantastic. And I don't think there's anything wrong with actually selling books in bulk and getting credit for those sales by having those barcodes scanned, when otherwise, if you just had them shipped directly from the publisher, you would never get credit for those sales and they're legitimate sales. And I guess if somebody needs the ego stroke of buying several copies of their own book and sticking them in their garage and having them scanned, well, I don't think that's quite as harmless as these other methods, but you know, that's a value judgment. And I guess if that's what helps them feel confident, you know, maybe that's what it is. But I think that the shame of all the different ways that we can look like we're best-selling authors without actually selling very many books at all is that it does really degrade the status of bestseller, of best-selling author. And as a result, it also undermines the books that are really 
actually selling tens of thousands of copies every year or every month or even every week. And yes, those books still get pointed out and you can still see when those books are selling in those quantities. You're more likely to find them in a physical bookstore. When books are selling in those quantities, sometimes there's even news stories about how many books this particular author has sold in such a short period of time. But I guess one thing I would say is if it's really important to you to be a, a number one best-selling author, before you invest a whole lot of money in creating that status for yourself, I think it's important to really ask yourself why. What do you stand to gain? And if you're thinking about doing it by gaming the system, what do you stand to lose? And realize that your book doesn't have to be number one on anybody's bestsellers list for it to have value and for it to make a difference in the lives of your readers. And also realize that you can sell tens of thousands of books and still never be number one on any major bestsellers list, but there's a lot to be proud of there. And so my suggestion would be when you're thinking about launching your book, when you're thinking about marketing your book, if there's a real strategic reason why you need to be on a major bestsellers list, then do what you need to do to actually sell the books to get on that list legitimately. And if there's not a reason that you need to be on one of those lists, like the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal or USA Today bestsellers lists, then maybe it would be time to think about, well, where do you need to be? Who needs to see your book? Who needs to buy your book? And make sure that you show up in the places and the situations and create the opportunities for your ideal readers to get your book so that they can get the real value. Because really, that's what being an author is about. It's about delivering value to your ideal readers and making a difference in their lives. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of The Author's Corner. You're one step closer to writing the world-changing book you've dreamed about for years. To access today's show notes and other helpful resources, simply visit our website at theauthorscorner.com. A positive review would be appreciated. Until next time.